Hey everyone, did you think it was going to be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all going to change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. Hello, Not Your 1950s Housewife listeners. I hope that you're having an amazing week and looking forward to being part of today's conversation with Stephanie Ray. Stephanie is co-owner of Kid and Prep LLC, where they focus on transforming your life from clutter to clarity. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi. I am so glad you're here. (laughs) Me too. I'm looking forward to it. And for everyone listening, this might come off as though Stephanie and I have known each other forever, and it's because we have. We're family. Now, Steph, I'm the official like lineage on us. I'm not exactly sure. I always feel like it's a tricky one, but are we like second cousins, first removed or something like that? Something like that. Yes. So our dads were first cousins. So if anyone out there wants to figure out what that means to us, (laughs) that'd be great. You can can let us know. (laughs) Right. So today we're talking about kid and prep, and I've got to ask right off the bat, how did you come up with this name, and can you spell it for us? Because as I'm saying it, some people might be hearing me say like kitten, but it's kidden. So start there. Yeah, sure. So it's kitten, K-I-D-D-E-N, and the second word is prep, P-R-E-P. So the website puts it all together, kiddenprep.com. And where that came from is my, my older sister and I actually are in the business together. We're co-owners and we had decided to open this business and we weren't sure what we wanted to call it because there's two different sides of the business. One is professional organizing and the other one is leadership consulting and coaching and training. And coming up with a name to cover all those things seemed a bit tricky And we were looking at possibly focusing on the organizing side, but a lot of the organizing names were taken and we really didn't want to go that route. So we decided instead to use it as a way to pay tribute to our parents who who have passed. And so once we made that decision, we were set on finding a name and I was just racking my brain and trying to figure out how are we going to do this? And it really just came to me overnight. And I woke up one day and I said, I've got it. And I told my sister about it and she totally agreed. So kitten and prep, were the nicknames that my parents had for each other. So, you know, they didn't call themselves or each other honey and honey, like my husband and I did when we were dating in the early days. They called each other kitten and prep. And so we decided to select that for our business name. Do you know the backstory on those nicknames for them too? So it's from Love Story, according to my sister, but I didn't know that at the time that that I picked the names. I actually never asked my parents where they came from. I just took it for granted, but that's the origin of it. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So I'm glad that you mentioned who the co-owner is, obviously your sister. So I know that, you know, you've had multiple years in corporate America, but what were you experiencing that kind of 
helped get this business started? What was kind of the impetus for this idea behind Kid and Prep? Sure. Well, the couple things. So many, many years ago, my sister Danielle and I would just randomly organize things, organize people's rooms. We did it once when my husband was on a business trip, totally took over his office space and redid it in a way that we thought he would appreciate. And we originally called ourselves Orphan Outburst, which you can probably <laughs> guess why we didn't choose that for our business name. <laughs> I love um, it. But it, it was, you know, it was soon after our parents passed and it was kind of therapeutic for us to dive into something like that. But we've always loved organizing. So it was kind of in the back of our mind and we kind of said, oh, someday we should do this, but we never really got around to it. And then I was working at Bao Shalom for almost five years and the company was sold and the corporate functions were eliminated. So I didn't have a job anymore. And at the same time, I was going back to school, to graduate school, and I was trying to figure out what to do. I had been placed at a nonprofit part-time um, that allowed me to work part-time so I could do something on the side. And somebody I knew through my work with United Way said to me, you know, I really want to start referring clients to you. And I have a coaching client like who's ready right now. And I said, well, my business isn't open right now. She's like, well, you better get it open. Hmm. So I did quickly within a couple of weeks, I got it open so I could take my first coaching client. And that was in January, 2015. Wow. Okay. I'd always wondered, cause I've known bits and pieces of this, but I didn't exactly know kind of how you got the business started and what really was happening personally that really kind of got the ball rolling. Right. Okay. So I love the tagline transform your life from clutter to clarity. Help us understand what that means. Sure. So as I mentioned, there's two sides of the business and, and one of them is really your, your mind and the other is your space. So when we were coming up with a tagline, I actually was talking with a couple of people that I knew and bouncing some ideas off of them. And the transform piece came out and as far as what a big life-changing event it can be to figure out your goals or to just to clean up your house. Uh, when you walk into a space that is cluttered, it's hard to think straight. And some people say, you know, cluttered desk, cluttered mind, but I, I really don't believe that. I feel like I do my best work when I have free space and I feel like most people do the same and a lot of the research supports that. So the tagline is really applicable to both and, uh, and also separately, meaning to the organizing side and to the coaching side, and also combining the two. So I think the most powerful impact we have is in clients that actually hire us for both. So we do have a client that right now that, that does that for both. So we organize her space or my sister organizes her space and she and I meet one-on-one -on -one for coaching. And I feel like the combination of the two has really helped her move forward. And I feel like that's really popular right now. Um, isn't there that show on either Netflix or Hulu about the girl that does all the cleaning? Because I feel like every time I talk to someone, they're like, I just re reorganized my sock drawer. Or I cleaned out my utensil drawer. I'm not sure if you've caught wind of that, but it seems like decluttering, um, not only mentally, but physically is a very big trend right now. Oh, absolutely. So that's, you're referring to Marie Kondo, and I did get her book when it first came out some years ago. But you're right, right now that she has a show, everybody's all about it again, which I'm, I love it. I love it because it's now top of mind, and, I, and it gets us more exposure to explain to people why it's so important and what it can do for you. And I think having the visual of her show is really helpful because I think people are really hesitant to let you into their homes. I, I, 
I don't just think I know. It's not the hurdle of the money or anything like that. It's really people are embarrassed by the the state of their space and they don't want to let you in to help them. But once you see what the difference can be, and th again, thanks to her show, I think that that makes it obvious, then you can open up to the possibilities. Because once you do that, it, being able to sustain it is fairly easy. Uh, you just have to take that big step. I mean, it didn't take you know, 10 minutes to make the mess, it's not gonna take 10 minutes to fix it. But once you have cleared out your space and reorganized it in the way that you like, you'll be motivated to keep it that way. And what I love too though, is you add the extra layer of the mind to it, right? Because I, I think that even, I know for me that even if my space is organized physically, if I'm cluttered in my mind with what I'm thinking or what I'm doing or where I'm going, then I, I, it almost bleeds into the other area as well. And I feel like you guys are taking it a step further and focusing on that as well. Yes. Yes. If you have too many things to do, you don't know where to start. And I have done a lot of research through Franklin Covey in particular. They have a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. And I've really taken that to heart in particular, focusing on no more than three things at once. So when I work with my clients, I make sure that they're choosing those top three goals and we stay focused on them. Most people have way more than three goals. But if you try to do them all at once, typically what happens is none of them get done. And then you lose your motivation and you kind of give up. So if you stay disciplined around choosing the right things and then sticking with them until they're done, then you can pick another goal that's been waiting for you. And that's an exact parallel to what I do as a financial advisor, because you have to pick two or three financial goals that you're focused on. Otherwise, people get overwhelmed. So I can see that exactly mm -hmm. with, you know, where you're focusing with your clients too. So then let me ask you this, because I have two children. You have two children. How do you take this and teach them? Or are you not? Or do you think they're absorbing any of this just by this being part of your business? So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, so that we're heading into a break week coming up and I've assigned the girls yeah, I know. a couple <laughs> projects and uh, they're all related to getting organized. And so interestingly, in my house, kid and prep has become a verb. So today we were talking about, I said, girls, look, you're going to have a lot of free time this week and I hope you enjoy it, but I do need you to get a few things done. You need to kid and prep your desk, your room, and the, the basement where they have their playroom. And that's how we talk about things. And the girls do that too. Uh, spontaneously, my younger daughter, typically more so than the older daughter, will say, mom, I need to kid and prep my desk. And so it's, it's funny, they've internalized what that means and they're really good at it. Man, I think we lost that DNA track when it came to my kids. <laughs> that once removed thing really messed me up. I did not get that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe there's hope because, or it goes the other way. My older daughter was kind of the um, heir to the kid and prep throne. In fact, she has her own business card for oh, kid and prep. And so she was so excited when she got it. And that was a couple years ago. But honestly, now that she's a teenager, uh, it's not as obvious that she's retained what she learned. But interestingly, like I said, the younger daughter, she's really into it. I mean, not every day all the time, but when, when she decides that she's going to kid and prep something, she does it right. And so now the projects that they have to do over break, she actually has less to do than her older sister. So what are these projects? So it's really just organizing. So, and, and they know what that means. So they let their, 
they're like they're they each have a desk and of course they have their their rooms and they kind of let them get out of hand right and honestly the younger one's room is is in fine shape because she has kid and prepped it regularly and the teenager is a teenager so she's let it kind of you know balloon but she knows what she needs to do so it's really just the process of sorting through the stuff, getting rid of what doesn't belong in there, looking at what you don't need anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, that's the part when you asked earlier about have they learned any of this stuff? That's what they've learned is they know how to make a decision about what belongs and what doesn't and when it's time to let something go. And they're pretty ruthless about it, even to the point where I've, I've kind of called the right to look at what they're going to throw out before they throw it out because right. sometimes I want to keep some things that they may not want to, but generally speaking, I try to honor their preferences because I am trying to teach them that you don't, these are things we're talking about. They're just possessions. They don't, you know, carry any particular meaning or if they don't, then there's no reason to keep them anymore. And I think that's something that Marie Kondo teaches. She speaks a lot about the joy of something. If it doesn't bring you joy, you should let it go. (laughs) And and they've they've really- everything about that. (laughs) Isn't that great? I mean, you can interpret it however you want, right? As far as the joy piece, it could be something that looks totally ridiculous to someone else and takes up a bunch of room. But if you smile every time you walk by it, then you probably should keep it. Right. Okay. So then for listeners who are not geographically close, is this something that you can do remotely for them or are most of your clients- close to where you live where you can physically go see them? For organizing, most of the clients are, are nearby, but we, certainly we can advise via phone. You know, the technology is there that you can just walk around with your phone and we can see the space. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's that option as well. But the in-person option is typically what is chosen because the organizer, in this case, typically my sister, although sometimes I do it too, she is actually physically moving the stuff with you. So you'd be making the decisions, but she's working with you side by side. And that's really how the work done, gets done quickly. Mm-hmm. So while there is a remote option for organizing, it's typically in person. On the coaching side, I do have clients that I coach via phone only. And if they're local to me, I typically recommend we get together in person. There is a discount if it's on the phone, but most of them realize that there is a, a benefit to being in person and they typically opt for that. Uh, and of course, my consulting, that type of thing has the same types of options, depending on what it is. I could travel to a client, uh, but most of my clients are local. Okay. So as one who is trying to transform my life and literally remove the clutter out of it, what is one piece of advice that you would give me, not knowing me personally, but me in general, <laughs> mm-hmm. that that someone might not have heard that they can implement, whether it is more on the space side with regards to physical possessions or things in the house, or whether it is more on the coaching leadership goal side. Sure. So I, I do a lot of reading. So what I'm going to say now is not my own idea, but in all the books I've read, and I've read several of them, there's a concept that sticks out to me and I've recently reread some of my notes from this book. It's called Necessary Endings hmm, by heard. Dr. Henry Cloud. It's actually assigned reading during my, my graduate course in strategic leadership, my graduate program. And the concept there that I really like is that you have to let go of something in order to move on, basically. It talks a lot about pruning. You know, we, we can't be attentive to everything we've ever invested our lives in forever 
right? There's just not enough time. There's not enough energy. And sometimes you really have to close one chapter before you can read the next one. Mm -hmm. You can't let the old one keep dragging you along. You'll never make it, you know? So you really have to think hard about whether it comes to your possessions or your goals in life, you know, what do I need to let go of so I can be liberated and, and, and make the progress that I've been trying to make? I think that applies to every aspect of our lives, right? It, it could be Absolutely. That's professional, that's personal, that's, I mean, re, on the personal side, like that's the relationships, that's I just, as you're saying that, I feel like that's a book I need to add to my list of things to read. Yeah, it's a great one. I, I, like I said, I just picked it up again. I don't typically reread books because I like to learn new things. And that's actually why I highlight them. Still, like I'm in school, I tend to highlight them. So when I do revisit them, I can just look at the highlighted concepts. And this one really stands the test of time. And it really, the other piece about it is it injects some reality in the situation. You know, you could be blindly thinking, oh, everything's fine, or I'm moving forward. But when you're faced with reality that no, you know, you have a ball and chain, whatever that is, and you can't avoid that reality anymore, you're finally motivated to do something about it. But I also think that's generational, right? Like as you're speaking, I'm thinking of my parents and I'm sure they'll listen to this and love you guys, but <laughs> they have held on to everything that my sister and I did had forever. And now they're cleaning out their basement and she's giving these things to me that I think she thought was going to be important to me or something that I would wanna save. And the running joke now is just put it in my garbage bin before you come into my house. Mm -hmm. Because I think generationally, they've always wanted to save everything just in case or for something. So I feel like now as I'm, you know, doing this with my kids and I'm looking at some of these things going, do I really need to save this 45th snowflake that was given to me over Christmas break? Probably not. But I feel guilty about it because I'm like, well, what if, right? And that's what my parents did. They saved everything just in case I wanted them. But fast forward to me being almost 40 and I, there's nothing that I'm really saving out of any of it. Right. So I think interestingly, we can now take advantage of technology. So we don't necessarily have to be different than our parents. We can save it in a different way. So the best advice I've had for things like that are to just take a picture of it. Yes, and that's really, what I do. Right? Yep. Right. And you can save it. I mean, the storage for that is, is way less. But the other piece of advice I, I would give as far as, and I do, I recognize the generational differences, let your child in on it, you know, let them pick. So again, my younger daughter will be, well, she'll be ruthless. She's like, I don't need that anymore. You don't need that anymore. But, and I'll say, but you made that for me. Well, she's made a lot of things for me. And sometimes it just needs some time. You know, I'll post it above my desk for, six months, even a year. And then I'll realize that, okay, it's kind of, it, it's, it's time to move on to something else. But there are those precious few things that you absolutely should keep. But the, the amount, the volume of stuff that kids generate, especially in elementary school, I've noticed in heading into middle school and high school, like they barely bring anything home. So then you start to cherish what they did bring home when they were younger. Right. But yeah, I do think part of it is, is just the emotional attachment to it. Not part of it. Most all of it is the emotional attachment to it. But the picture taking is kind of a way to let go without the permanency of it. So if you decide later on that, oh, I wish I hadn't thrown that out, you can always get a print of it. And so that's what I would do. Hmm. Uh, now, if you do have 45 snowflakes, I think it's time to pick your favorite three, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Three of them look like snowflakes. The rest of them, not so much. <laughs> <laughs>
So then where do you see Kid and Prep in three years? If we fast forward this out, you know, what's, what's the goal for the business? Well, you know, most people would probably say there's a ton of growth in the future and all this, but honestly, I think my sister and I are all about focus. You know, for both of us, this is our part-time job, and so it's not our first priority. And now that we've been in business for four years, uh, we've been able to think about, you know, what do we enjoy doing? You know, it's almost like because it's our part-time job, we can choose, you know, choose which clients, choose how much time we spend. And we're being more discerning about it. So, for example, I am, I'm limiting my coaching business a bit more than I used to. You know, I'm, I'm being a little more picky about the types of clients I pick. We also just uh, reduced our rates for organizing because I did some benchmarking locally and realized that we're, our rates are a bit higher than others. But also the, our, the way we were packaging things was, didn't seem to be logical. Like our rates were based on a per hour rate. And... I changed it so that you're paying per session because realistically in organizing, you're not going to just spend an hour and stop. Right. Like by the time you get into it, you're like, okay, I just started and then the hour's over and then you might not want to pay for a second hour. So I've done it in two hour blocks and it's a session. So we won't take any clients who just want an hour because they're not going to get the benefit of it. And so I think as we keep doing that in a couple years, I think we'll probably settle into a different type of referral from them. You know, like it's really going to be based on the quality of our work and not on the pricing. And people will under, start to understand that, yeah, it does take a couple hours to get into it, but it's not something you have to keep committing to. You don't have to pay for it every quarter. You know, a couple clients like to kind of check in with us periodically, but it, it's not as expensive as you, as you might think. So we're okay with that because, again, we don't have the pressure, thank, thankfully, of this being our only source of income. So we can be more comfortable with giving the right advice and not feeling like, oh no, we're gonna lose a client. They don't wanna hire us because they don't wanna do it our way. That's not of concern to us. All we care about is helping people. And I think it's great because the accountability is there, right? If they wanna just check in with you, they can do so. Um, because I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, either done something professionally from like, you know, goals perspective and didn't either keep myself accountable or I was going to focus on keeping a space in my house organized and that junk drawer still is a junk drawer. Um, so just knowing that people can reach out to you and engage on a per session basis, I think would be, is a great idea. Yeah, it, you're right. It's definitely the accountability is there for the person when they're ready. We do check in periodically, but it's really low pressure. You know, we're not never in high sales mode. If anything, it's our passion for the, for what we do that gets us excited and why we constantly talk about it. But you know, people have a choice to make with their money. You know, the discretionary income that can go a lot of different places. But we feel like it's an investment that's worth making, and so we t tend to compare it to something like a massage therapist or a chiropractor or some other service that people don't really think twice about when they need it. They'll just do it. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to organizing, they tend to pause a little longer, and we try to convince them that, well, wait, this, how is this different? You know, you're investing in your own well-being. This is money well spent. Got it. Well, this has been awesome. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with not only me, but also our listeners. I know for me, I'm going to be more mindful in removing some of the clutter from my life. And I've got a lot of snowflakes to take some pictures on. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go, but feel free to follow Stephanie on Facebook at Kid and Prep or online at kiddenprep.com. Again, K-I-D-D-E-N 
P-R-E-P.com. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. It was great. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love you.